What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Haley Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back, everybody, to a very special day after edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I am Jordan Hill. With me this morning is Rusty Mansell. And Rusty, we are still kind of wrapping our heads around what we saw in Mercedes-Benz Stadium last Mm. night, talking about Georgia pulling off an an incredible, at, at sometimes an improbable, 42-41 victory, Georgia beats Ohio State, moving on to the national championship game where they will play TCU next Monday in L.A. Um, We'll get into some of the details about what happened, how it all went down, how Georgia won this thing. But, Rusty, just off the cuff, what was last night like for you? And, I mean, just what did it take for this Georgia team to win this game? Well, particularly in that building, you know, you Georgia fans have, have been through some heartache and some big games. You know, I was actually standing on the goal line in 2018 where Alabama throws the, the touch second 26 touchdowns. So you kind of remember those reactions and then you remember the reactions of the, the next year SEC championship game. So when Georgia got to that late moment in that game, you're thinking, man, are they about to add another, you know, a loss, a heartbreaking loss in that building? But You know, as we get into more discussion on it, Georgia was at the point, Jordan, where they had to make stops. They had to get three and outs. They had to have a missed field goal. They had to have all those things to win it. Uh, But they came back and got it done, and and they kept checking boxes. You you basically would say, look, if they're going to win this game, they got to make this play. Well, they did. And, um, you know, it was just uh, we were sitting there and just thinking – they're down 14, and you, and you basically said it. If they score right here, it's ball game, and uh, Georgia held them. So, so many key plays to go back. I actually went back and watched as much as I could this morning, but so many key plays in that game uh, for Georgia to pull this thing off. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just incredible. And in that moment, you know, one of the one of the the cliches with football is it's a game of inches and yeah. and, the, and there were just so many moments and I wrote about this in my snap judgment story what if they don't get Brock Bowers at first down like they initially called on the field mm-hmm. they call him short um, those points wind up mattering for Georgia um, I, I think about two Kirby Smart calling that timeout on the fake what would have been a fake punt you know even if he doesn't have the chance to call it or if the officials don't give it to them, you know, you see plenty of times where you've got a coach calling for a timeout and whether an official just doesn't hear it. Um, you know, if that happens, that extends an Ohio state drive. Um, just, just a series of moments that at the end of the day winds up mattering. And, 
you know, I think you got to give credit to a Georgia defense that, I mean, oh my God, you know, they lose Chaz Chambliss. You got guys cramping, Michael Williams, Robert Bill. I mean, they're just trying to get through this thing. And, you know, I mean, and we talked about it as it happened. You know, when C.J. Stroud breaks that long run, it might have been like 27 yards. I'm sitting there thinking. I, I, I actually tweeted it. I said that that that's probably a dagger. Yeah. Yeah, in Georgia there. So to get to that point, but you know, this is a Georgia podcast, but we would not be doing our job if we didn't say what a game CJ Stroud uh, played. You know, I talked about it from the moment that matchup was said, this was a dangerous, dangerous matchup. And Georgia has lost two games, one in 2020 and one in 2021. And there's been a common denominator, elite quarterback play and elite wide receivers. And Ohio state had that. And they almost lost to that. Uh, you know, they didn't. But, you know, C.J. Stroud, tip of the cap for the game he played. And I think somebody said in the press box last night, they wouldn't mind watching him play eight games next year in that Mercedes-Benz with a Falcons jersey on because that guy, that guy is special. That's what I was sitting there thinking. I was hoping Terry Fontenot, the uh, Falcons GM, was in the house for that. Mm -hmm. 23 at 34, which this was pretty nuts. Both quarterbacks were 23 at 34. Uh, CJ was for 348 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. By comparison, uh, Stetson Bennett was 23 at 34, 398 yards, three touchdowns, had the one interception. Uh, but just a crazy game. I mean, you think too, you know, I was talking about um, the game of inches, things like that. Javon Bullard getting to Marvin Harrison on just that. I, I wanted to ride it and call it like a jackpot ball. Like you're playing with your friends in the backyard and you're firing one up and yelling, you know, 500 points, go get it. And Javon gets there and, you know, makes a violent hit. And, and I mean, it winds up getting Marvin Harrison Jr. hurt. And, you know, at the time they call it targeting. And that's a fresh set of downs for Ohio State. Great field position, probably an opportunity to score a touchdown. They review it, um, wind up not uh, upholding the targeting penalty, which also would have meant Javon leaves the game. But, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, you know, just a shame that he got hurt. Five receptions, 106 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he's every bit as good, if not better, I think, than his father. And his father was an incredible yes. receiver. Yeah, my I, I watched his dad. We're, we're pretty similar in age there. So, um, I'll say this, you know, Ohio State, a lot of injuries. Georgia, a ton of injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I pointed to you at one time last night, late in the game, and I'm talking about the most important part of the game. Georgia had Jalen Walker, true freshman. Georgia had Bear Alexander, true freshman. Georgia had Michael Williams, true freshman, on the defensive line. I mean, they were gassed. They were down to these young kids. Kirby said in his press conference after the game last night, listen, they got to play. So we'll, we'll get more into the injury stuff as it goes on, but, but, but Georgia is a very, very, very banged-up defensive team. They're going to face a quarterback again now that – uh, next week, a national championship game. But, you know, I'll say this, C.J. Stroud earned every bit of recognition he got, and everybody in the country is talking about him. But I'll tell you this, Stetson Bennett certainly worthy of what he did. And they were coming toward us on that last drive. And he made two throws in that last drive when he goes five for five. You think about it, last year when they trailed Alabama, when Alabama goes ahead on the fumble play, Stetson Bennett goes seven for seven for the rest of the game. So when Georgia needed Stetson Bennett the most again, this guy goes five for five, and he dropped two balls and some windows. That ball to Brock Bowers across the middle, if you go back and look at that replay, you're talking about a tight window and some zip on the ball. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into NFL 
you know, evaluations and those types of things with Stetson Bennett. But if he can make those throws and continue to make those throws, he's going to have a real good opportunity to get a hard look at Sunday football. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if uh, maybe Terry Fontenot looked at him as well, maybe, and, and try to throw him in there if, if, if CJ's not there. At, at some point, you got to keep just, you know, everybody just keeps doubting the kid. You know, I don't know what else he can do. And he's one game away from being back-to-back national champions and a walk-on and the story's incredible. They basically told him you're not going to play and a couple of injuries and they, they had to play him. So, uh, but but Stetson Bennett, man, he, he you know, he had a couple of throws last night. I know he wants back. You know, that lateral late was, you know, if you saw Kirby the press conference, I mean, he had a, he just closed his eyes thinking about it, uh, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, when Georgia needed Stetson Bennett the most, and I talked to um, I talked to Warren McClendon. I actually talked to Marius Mims in the locker room. And I said, what was the message when y'all were on the field last night? And he said, there wasn't a whole lot of talking. We just knew we had to do our job because Stetson's done this before. And when you have a player – and you believe when you got 10 other guys in the huddle to believe you're going to get it done, that, that, that gives you a lot of confidence and you can breathe a little easier knowing, Hey, we'll do our job. He's going to do his. And I'm telling you that last drive by Stetson Bennett, that was, that was some history stuff. Yeah. The Brock Bowers throw was on a rope. Great throw to Kiaris that I think yes. was probably the biggest gain on that drive. And then, you know, throwing it AD Mitchell. And, and I had mentioned this too, how, how funny to see A.D. make the plays he did. You know, obviously kind of a lost season with him dealing with injuries. But first touchdown of the season was in that end zone, in the left side of the end zone against Oregon. They throw a fade route and he scores. You know, not not the same route, but he scores in that same left corner uh, to wind up helping Georgia win that game. And the other thing, too, I thought about, and you talked about this, Rusty, with so much history that Georgia's had in that stadium playing yeah. in Atlanta – you know, when they missed that kick last night, I thought about the kick at the Alabama. end of regulation. Same, the, same, same end zone. Same end zone, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he missed it. And obviously, Alabama got the last laugh. But I was like, some of this stuff just lines up, and, and you can't help but notice it. Um, but I want to talk too about Stetson. You know, I tweeted this. Uh, I think that was last night. I don't even know. It's all running together now. I, I, you could tell me it happened two weeks ago. At this point, mm-hmm. my brain's just shutting down. But uh, there's not going to be a Stetson Bennett movie. There has to be like a series, like a Netflix series. I mean, what do you cut from it? Like, ah, uh, you know, the that game, that first game against Arkansas, oh, that's not good enough. You got to include it. You got to just have like a 10 episode run for this guy. It's, it is unlike anything I've ever seen. And, and again, he didn't play perfect and he, you know, he admitted as much and, and he talked about that. I, it really struck me. You know, and it's not a surprise because he's always been a really poised guy and he always chooses his words really carefully when he's talking to the media. And he was asked, you know, is it easy at this point, like drives like that, you know, where you got to have it and then you go out and he's five for five. And he said, you know, he, he kind of downplayed that part of the question and just said, I got to play better. He said, there were opportunities that we missed out there. And, you know, we basically, we can't play like that if we're going to win. And, I mean, just hats off to him, and I thought that was so cool after the game. You know, the cameras got to him and his younger brother, Luke, yeah, and they, cool. they, they just sat there and hugged, and I just can't imagine what that moment was like for them and also their family. I mean, just to see that play out the way it did, um, just, again, whoever writes the Setson Bennett book, uh, mm-hmm. you're going to be, you know, that might be like a thousand-page book because uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck you're going to cut when you're getting down to writing it. 
the one thing I've learned about Stetson Ben, he's a big game. He's a big game player. And then look, he'll go out and play Missouri and, and some of these in Kentucky. And you just, you're thinking, man, he just, he was just so off. And I, I don't, I'm not in his head and I don't know what's going on. But when it's a big game, Stetson Bennett is dialed in and uh, he's got one more left. And, um, you know, again, just cannot say enough. I, I'm just guilty. I'm myself. I worked Stetson Bennett out in February of 2016. I worked him out at Lowndes High School in South Georgia. And in my notes, I wrote down, he's got a really live arm, ball jumps out of his hand. He's really small. Zero. I gave the kid no chance of playing SEC football. Uh, but I knew he had a good arm, and he was really accurate. And I was like, man, this kid's going to make a good player for somebody. Never, never in my wildest dreams, I think I'd sit here seven years later <laughs> uh, talking about this kid about to play for back-to-back national championships, certainly at Georgia. But um, he's just he's just different, man. He's wired different. Um, you know, you talk about it factor. Um, and, and I'll say this. The it factor for Stetson Bennett is those kids in that locker room believe in him. And when he went out last night, that's just another chapter in what he did. And, you know, Georgia fans should soak this in, man, because Stetson Bennett, this is his last game he's ever going to play at the University of Georgia. He's got a chance to make history and go down as one of the best players ever, one of the best players ever to play at the University of Georgia. Uh, If he were to win this game, Stetson Bennett will probably never pay for a beverage the rest of his life anywhere in this state. If that's not already the case, some of y'all out there. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Out. But, but he, he wins this one like his grandkids may not pray for a beverage. I, mean, I think that's more better. like. Once they get of age. Once they get of age. Yes. Stetson Bennett, the sixth, is yeah. going to be taken care of. I can promise you that. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. I want to get your thoughts, Rusty, on the defensive performance last night because, and we had, you know, we had detailed this to death because we had a month to talk about this, but we knew... Ohio State's receivers were capable of having the kind of game they had. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, frankly, they had no answer for Marvin Harrison Jr. specifically, but a number of those guys. Um, what stood out to you about the way the secondary played um, and maybe takeaways going uh, going ahead? Because, you know, I still think that Ohio State offense was the best Georgia would have faced in the playoff. Me too. Um, but, but TCU can make plays as well. You know, and – I you just say this and nobody, you don't really know if they buy into what you're saying, but Jordan, you've said it. I have said it in every radio interview, every TV interview, everywhere I could possibly say it. That was the most dangerous matchup Georgia could face in the playoffs. And those are one-on-one battles. And the Ohio state wide receivers are NFL players. They have a top five NFL draft picket quarterback. 
and they won a lot of one-on-one battles last night. I said it yesterday morning on the junkyard, Georgia is going to have to win a shootout. And because, you know, people were coming back at me, you know, Georgia didn't give up that many chunks. Look at Tennessee. I said, this is different machine than Tennessee. And uh, no, you know, no, nothing against Tennessee. You had a great year, but Ohio State was deeper. They were better on the offensive line and they won a lot of one on ones. And Georgia had very little answer for Marvin Harrison. Now, Georgia on the other side, you know, pretty much lit up Ohio State's defense. So the game played out like I thought it would. I thought it would be a shootout. And the one comment I made yesterday, uh, I trusted Georgia more in a big game. And at the end of the day, they were the last one standing. But you want to talk about blow after blow after blow uh, from both teams. It's like a heavyweight title match. And that's what you want to see. And uh, Ohio State, tip a cap, because they they are loaded, loaded with NFL wide receivers. And that's been their thing. You know, they've been been, like Georgia's, Georgia's known for tight ends right now. Uh, and certainly they they played a great game. But those Ohio State wide receivers, and you have to play man. You heard Kirby last night in the press conference. He said, look, we played man. We played zone. We tried to mix it up. We tried a little bit of everything. Um, and they did enough to win that football game. And that's all that matters. But when they walked on that field, uh, that was going to be the opponent to me that would give Georgia the most trouble in matchups, and they did. Get to a couple questions real quick. Primetime Dog says, what is our injury report? At this point, the two questions are going to be outside linebacker Chaz Chambliss and tight end Darnell Washington. Uh, you know, After the game, Kirby Smart said that Darnell uh, had an ankle sprain. They don't know if it's a high ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain. He was on crutches. We'll find out on Tuesday. We'll get a chance to talk to Kirby and see what he has to say. You know, Just based on what I saw. Yeah, man, know, I, don't, I don't see it. I, mean, I don't that's either. A, that's a big man. Listen, and it's just a big dude. And and you start talking about 280 pounds weight bearing, even if it's a, not a high ankle, that's so hard to overcome. They might tape him up and do a little bit. But, you know, we I haven't really dug into the tape a ton. But, again, what was the theme, Jordan? True freshman. They throw in Oscar Depp into a situation where Oscar Depp's not running routes. He's having to block the perimeter of Zach Harrison and, and five stars at Ohio State defense. So, uh, he came in and did his job. It says a lot about Georgia, but if my opinion right now, just my opinion, I don't see either one of those guys going in the national championship. Maybe Chaz, but Darnell, I'd be very surprised at this point. Yeah, I, I think that that is, again, it's just speculation on our part. We have not heard anything official, but um, especially with Darnell's, I think, of the two, it just seems like it would be, especially with the turnaround. Um, it's going to be asking a lot, but yeah, I mean, Oscar Delman, and, and you think about two, which he's played a good bit, you know, and they have a couple more veteran guys. You throw him out there in that moment again, there's a national title on the line. And yeah, and I mean, he showed out, and I thought that was cool because I had talked to him on Thursday just talking about his freshman season and stuff. And he talked about learning from Brock and Darnell and, and taking parts of their game. And he talked about blocking be the, being a big part of that, learning how to block. And, uh, well, he put those lessons to the test uh, on Saturday, and based on what we saw, it seems like he passed. One of the messages, I think, last night is transfer portal. Marius Mims, I asked him straight up, listen, you went to portal. You almost left. You know, what he goes, man, I, I'm I, I'm so glad I'm at Georgia. I'm so glad I'm fighting with my brothers. And, you know, you'll have more today on that story. But I thought it said a lot. And I also say this, you know, there was a lot of rumors and probably had a lot to it that Darnell Washington was going to leave at one time, and he winds up staying, and he's been a huge piece of the puzzle here. And 
Um, you know, if that was his last game ever playing at the University of Georgia, what a career he had. I know he's going to fight because, you know, he's a he's a Las Vegas kid to play in L.A. So if if Darnell Washington can go at 60 percent, he's going to go because he can block and do things. But, you know, the, the big thing worry there is this, this kid is, a you know, 280 pounds, six foot seven. You know, you start talking about weight bearing on an ankle. That's that's tough for a big man to get out in space and move. But again, it comes down to recruiting, Jordan. You know, you take Darnell Washington out and you insert Oscar Depp, who many thought was, if not the number one tight end, the number two tight end in the country last year as a true freshman. And uh, just says a lot about Georgia. Next man up, you got to do what you got to do, but it's all about Jimmy's and Joe's sometimes. A couple of other uh, questions, statements. Uh, Primetime Dog says, I saw Stetson play against my Chris County Cougars. Uh, with big cat Brian and Quay Walker. My dad said that little QB can throw the ball. That's one of those things I'd say you're not going to forget anytime soon. Sure. The important question, Brett Still, how is Rusty home? How did he do it? What a what yeah. a gamer. I'll tell you what, I told Jordan off the air. I made a I made a grown man business decision as I came home last night. I pulled in my hometown at like 323. And that Waffle House was empty. About two seats in there. And I looked at it at the red light. I thought, man, you know how good that would be right now. But I said, you know what? I'll just go ahead and go home. Got in bed around four. I was up at seven and started watching the replay, trying to get focused on what we've got to do for coverage and getting to L.A. and those types of things. So right now I'm running on adrenaline and uh, don't don't expect anything from me from about four to about eight today. I can tell you that I will be in a in a one on one match with a pillow at some point. Yes, if Georgia wants to release any news today, that's the window to I, do it. I don't think they're going to be releasing anything today. I think everybody's pretty gassed. I heard Kirby Smart say, talking about celebrations. I can tell you what they're doing. Kids are going to go to sleep, what they're going to do. So, For sure. So before we get out of here, just off the cuff, Rusty, early thoughts on TCU. I think what I saw, Georgia's like a 13-point favorite, which would be the biggest spread in the – a championship game since the beginning of the BCS era. But what are your initial thoughts on TCU as we get ready to start really looking at the Horn Frogs? Well, I don't think they have the depth of Ohio State at wide receiver, but they also have a first rounder. And, um, you know, that's a big guy they're going to have to deal with. Max Duggan, the quarterback that can hurt you. Here's the thing he likes to run. The kind of the knock on CJ Stroud, which I think made him a lot of money last night. People said he wouldn't run the ball. You know what he did? He ran the ball last night and almost beat Georgia with his legs. So, you know, the Duggan, he likes to run the ball. And here's the thing that Georgia, I'm interested in. We're going to break this down a little more. Uh, Georgia's going to face a 3-3-5, and they're going to have to study how to attack that. You don't see it a lot. That's what they do defensively. Um, so Georgia, a little bit different what they faced, I would say, the last couple of times, last couple of games. So they'll look at that and see how they can attack it. I think for Georgia, it's who's left right now. You know, what do they do at outside linebacker? You know, if Darnell's out, you know, what do you do there in your, you know, 12 packages, um, you know, and those types of things. So 12 personnel uh, and those types of things. But I, I think, you know, how healthy is Lad? Because on that two-point play, and by the way, I don't know who called that two-point play, but Georgia's been using it for a while. And, and I guarantee Colorado State used it a couple of times. So it's probably some some probably, you know, some discussions there with with Coach Munkin and Mike Bobo on, on a two point play uh, because they went into motion. They've always ran that out of trips, a um, little arrow route, basically. And it's basically a double pick is what they call that. But they don't want to call it a pick. 
call that a rub route. Yes, rub so route. The it's, two out, one and two rub, and three goes in a flat underneath, and everybody runs that play. So, um, you know, I, um, TCU, you got to tackle this quarterback. I think they're a little bit better on defense. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, they've just found ways to win. Are they as talented one through 85 as Georgia and Ohio State? They're not. But they have found a way to get themselves to the national championship. Uh, and you get a hot team like this, it's almost like facing a baseball team that gets hot at the end and it's tough to deal with. But, you know, my early thoughts, and I'll say it yesterday, I'll say it again, I trust Georgia a little bit more in big games right now than I do anybody. This team won 16 games in a row. Um, you know, I looked at last night, one last thing, Jordan, since August of 2021, and Georgia's beaten Oregon. Georgia's beaten Clemson. Georgia's beaten Ohio State. Georgia has beat um, – they beat Alabama, lost to them once. So you look at the perennial powers and what, what are kind of the national powers, Georgia's beat them all in, in, a, month, in a span of about 15 months. So it says a lot where, where Georgia is as a program and, and those type of things. We're, we're going to dig so much into TCU. And can it also – uh, let's note that Kip didn't make this. So, uh, and Kip had the shortest ride home of any of us. So we can, we can, uh, <laughs> Kip, Kip owes us some up downs, but, uh, but, uh, you know, this is early. And, uh, but, but TCU, my quick thoughts on it is how is Georgia going to attack that 3 3 5? And they got to change up a little bit. They got to count for the quarterback some because they played a lot of man last night, ran guys off. And when they did, CJ Stroud burned them. So TCU is going to look at that and go, we can use our legs right here. So, you know, it's the first national championship game for them. George has been there, done that. I think, you know, the spread, I thought it would be around 14 or 15. And it winds up being 13. So, George is certainly a heavy favorite. We're going to have a ton. We'll all be in California next weekend, be live on the set and have some things out there. So, we're going to have fun this week. No time of these we're going to do. But um, we appreciate everybody being uh, joining back in this morning. For sure. And, and some of the cool things about this matchup, TCU's got Tymon Mitchell, who played at Georgia, transferred yep, there. Yep. Chidera Uzo-Daribe, Georgia's outside linebackers coach. He was at TCU for about a month. That's a great one. Yep. Yep. That's a great point there. And, uh, so yeah, it's going to be a fun one. A lot of, a lot of uh, credit due to Sonny Dykes and those guys. I mean, year one playing for the national championship and like Kip said, or like Kip said, like Rusty said, I'm, I'm yeah, don't give him credit this morning. Yeah, I know. Like Rusty said, uh, we're going to have so much content in the next few days, podcasts, stories, uh, whatnot, as we get ready for this match. What's going really, to be really cool too is Jordan, you know, and you'll write most of these, we got so much audio because we, we, you finally get to interview kids and I thought it was great. Some of the stuff, you're going to like what Warren McClendon said about Amarius Mims. You're going to like what Amarius Mims said about Warren McClendon. And they they didn't hear each other talk. So they were away from each other. Lad McConkey talks about, you know, playing through this injury. We got Malachi Starks, all these young freshmen that we never were able to interview. We got all that content. I think everybody's going to love to finally read and, and kind of listen to what these kids say. Yeah, Oscar Delp as well from a couple days ago. It, uh, it's going to be no shortage of good stories, but we're going to get to work on them uh, maybe after a nap or two. But, uh, Rusty, appreciate you popping on. Appreciate everybody for listening uh, really on short notice as we put this together. Happy, happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year. And, uh, hey, let's go get ready for a national title game. Uh, so, on that note, going to wrap it up. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Until next time, take care.